Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome back to Elevate with Ellie Styles. If you have any curiosity and interest in plant medicine, you are going to love this episode. It is by far one of my favorites on the podcast so far. I am joined with Catherine Petrullo. She is a plant medicine facilitator and quantum transformational coach with over a decade of experience and three plus years of deep plant medicine study. We talk all things plant medicine. We talk about mushrooms, different strains of mushrooms, microdosing, scheduling, plant medicine ceremony, what is integration? How do you practice integration? We talk about all the shadow work that comes with plant medicine, how to pull yourself out of a challenging trip, the dark night of the soul, and so much more, you guys. So if you have any pull towards plant medicine, I think this is going to be a really useful episode for you. And Catherine just has so much wisdom to share and delivers it in such a beautiful way. I cannot wait for you to listen to this. So sit back and enjoy, and I will see you at the end of the episode. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you on today. Hello. I am so, so, so excited to be here and to dive into all things plant medicine with you. Amazing. Listeners are going to love this, and I know I have so much to learn, so I'm really excited to dive in with you. But I would love to start, if you can just share with the listeners your current practices with plant medicine and then the work that you do with your clients as well in that space. Absolutely. So my current practice with plant medicine is actually expanding and growing right now, which is really cool to be present and open to. Um, However, mushrooms are the primary plant medicine that I work with, and it really is the medicine that underlies everything that I do. I feel like when you develop a relationship and connect deeply to the spirit of any plant medicine, but for me, uh, mushroom medicine, it really does start to carry a note throughout your whole life. Um, so it is an energy I call forth every morning. I bring into my space, but I enter into working directly with it on a microdosing level, pretty much throughout my week. I'll maybe microdose once or twice. I'm a little more cautious since I do dive into deep ceremonies and work with that for clients. I don't want my tolerance to ever be substantially higher than its normal baseline. Um, So I'm very reticent to microdose super frequently, but I just like to have the spirit of the medicine, you know, as a touch point, especially when I'm in a deep area of creation or expansion, I Mm -hmm. always bring the medicine into that space through a microdose, which I'll go into like 0.25. Okay. Um, And then from there, I like to do check-ins before anything big in my life where I will self-facilitate and guide myself on a deeper journey. It is a very safe container. I set a sacred circle. I curate a playlist. I, you know, really create a beautiful nest for myself and allow myself to fully journey while also holding myself um, as a facilitator in that space um, Mm -hmm. to allow clearing and to keep myself one in integrity with the medicine, but two, allow the medicine to kind of direct me on what it believes needs to be cleared. Cause I always say this medicine is so much smarter, so much wiser (laughs) than us. So like use that wisdom, use that guidance um, and allow it to serve you. And then on top of that, I also have a few facilitators that I have had the honor of working with that can also facilitate me when I would say maybe like once or twice a year, I want to do like a full haul deep dive. Um, When I was learning to facilitate, I was doing these deep dives very consistent. That's part of the work. Um, However, more of a touch point when I really feel called to be able to explore the depths that this medicine gives us access to without needing to hold myself in any sort of container. So I give that kind of task and honor to someone else so that um, I can fully experience this medicine and allow the journey to be exactly what it needs to be without having to hold space um, in that work. So that's really where I am. But then I've also really started to explore Hoppe for like clearings and that has been beautiful it really pairs well with things that might come up um 
on a micro dose. If I like do a meditation or when I do one of those deep dives, it's a great way to just clear anything that remains. Um, and then I'm also just open to exploring a few other medicines, um, which are newer, so I can't speak deeply about them, um, have started to present themselves and show, you know, a potential to explore their healing, what it's like working with them. Um, so I just have this kind of running dialogue where mushrooms are the main character mm -hmm. and I'm just allowing things to develop. Amazing. Will you break it down? Some of the like details in your microdosing journey. Is there a time of day that you take the medicine? Are you always setting up a, you know, sacred space for that experience to come through? Or are there some days where you're moving through your normal routine and there's maybe less focus and intention on what's happening and what strain are you microdosing? So sorry for um, the like 20 questions all at once. Oh no, I am, I am here for it. I got it. Um, so my microdosing practice, since I came to the medicine primarily from ceremony standpoint, I do love bringing that intentionality and presence to any amount of medicine that I might be experimenting mm. with or taking. So when I set a microdose, I will always you know, take a moment, hold um, whatever I'm microdosing. I cook all of my microdoses into these beautiful little confections. So it's like this gorgeous treat where I, you know, will hold um, an intention over it for just a minute and really like ask what I'm seeking in that moment. So if it's creativity, if it's just to feel the love, if it's just to communicate with the medicine, um, that's really what I bring into the space. Mm -hmm. I also do a morning clearing, so I will always make sure that occurs because mm -hmm. it's a morning clearing, but, like, sometimes it happens at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. There it goes. And <laughs> what know? does that look like? What is the clearing process for you? So I am, like, very drawn to kundalini yoga. Okay. Um, I'm a yoga instructor, and I remember when we first kind of, like, explored kundalini, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, okay. this is the stuff because it was so based in – your energy and how it moves through your body and clearing blocks and expanding you. And it's so beautiful and comprehensive and demands so much presence to be in a practice with. Um, so I do a little Kundalini workup um, where I go through each chakra Okay. And there's a movement associated with each in traditional practice. You do each movement for two minutes, but Again, like sometimes my morning practice happens at three. Sometimes my two-minute kundalini practice is 45 seconds. Like yeah. it, it's all about allowing that fluidity to come into the practice, but also holding myself to like, you know, if it's 45 seconds each chakra, like that's a beautiful clearing. I can fit that in every day. Um, and I will just do that before I drop into a microdosing space. Because okay. for me, it helps me feel both grounded and also connected to source. So it's this really nice kind of pairing of I'm present, I'm grounded, I've, I have movement through my body, and now I'll bring intention into this medicine. Um, I also love to just, you know, take a moment and honor the medicine, my teachers, everything that kind of brought me there. And this is something that a lot of my teachers have recommended. And really, it's just like make up something that feels resonant with you as just a opening blessing, prayer, whatever word you would like to call it, but just to open those channels and honor getting to work with this like really beautiful and sacred plant. So I will do a small ceremony around it. Okay. This is by no means an extensive part. It's also not 100% necessary. It's just how I enjoy working with the medicine. Oh. And for microdosing, I typically do that during the day and like close to the morning. Okay. Um, just because I feel that with microdosing, really the primary goal is to establish a relationship and to understand the love that this medicine supports us with and that like gorgeous backing that it gives us. So when I microdose, like that's the connection that I am really tapping into because when you go into journey space, like this medicine is going to show its full force and although we are appreciative and invite the shadow work in when we step into ceremony, that's a lot. That's yeah. heavy. And there are going to be parts that are tough to get through and really painful to explore. And knowing that 
you have that backing of love. Like, okay, this is a medicine that champions me and wants me to heal. It just helps you navigate those heavier parts so much easier. Mm. So that's my microdosing regimen. And for the strain that I use, um, I've microdosed with two strains, um, which are the only two strains I really typically work with. But I have microdosed with Golden Teacher. Love which <laughs> is a gorgeous microdose. Yeah. Is, have you microdosed with yes, that? Yes, that's the only strain I've ever used. And even for my macro doses, I've done Golden Teacher. And she is just, I don't want to put a she to her, but oh, oh my gosh. It is so sweet, so loving, <laughs> like really a beautiful, especially if like you are brand new mm. to the medicine, like all the strains are gorgeous, but Golden Teacher has a really sweet presence about it, which I love for a microdose. Um, I now primarily work with penis envy. So it is like a bit more of a potent dose. I would say like golden teacher has a bit harder of a hand. However, um, I am very mindful of where I'm curating the golden teacher from so that I know it's like grown in a really beautiful environment. There's no other energies that are kind of getting in there Mm -hmm. on the process. And I have worked with this medicine so consistently and have brought it through microdose to macrodose that I like it because I'm like, this is what I'm facilitating. Like, this is where I want to be checking in all the time. So that's what I'm currently working on and microdosing with. Um, However, really like it's a little bit of experimentation if you're new to it. And, you know, some people will gravitate towards, you know, penis envy and that'll be all they work with or golden teacher. And there's so much beauty and growth and wellness and all of the things that we are seeking in plant medicine, um, in all of the strains. So like, there is not a right or wrong way to do it. It's really just about trusting the grower and the process and the curation and creating a safe experience around it. Mm. Will you speak a little bit to the energy and the mushrooms, because I think that's something a lot of people don't understand in general is is how sensitive they are to carrying the energy with them and how important it is to source something that you're aware of, you're aware of the grower, the environment, etc. Will you just kind of piece together how these two can come together and how it can create a different outcome for your experience? Absolutely. I think this is such a valuable topic to dive in on because when I started with plant medicine, there was so much that I was like, oh, like, yeah, I'm sure like that kind of applies or like that seems a little out there. And then diving in and working with the medicines, it became so apparent what was, how how perceptive this medicine is and how conscious the medicine is mm-hmm. to where every part of the experience really does require an element of equal consciousness and equal presence because it is very sensitive. And this medicine, although I wouldn't say like can turn bad on you if it's like grown in, let's say just like a low vibrational state, it doesn't carry that same frequency. So with plant medicine in general, when you find a source that you really gravitate towards and have experimented with and had beautiful experiences with, that's typically where you should start your exploration because it's most likely indicative of the fact that presence was brought into the growing process. So it was mindful of what the soil was, making sure that, I mean, mushrooms are just difficult to grow and harvest Mm -hmm. correctly. A lot can go wrong. Um, But also just holding the presence for how sacred the medicine is and really what you are desiring to achieve with it and do with it. So when you step into a spiritual space, that sourcing becomes incredibly important because really what you ultimately want to be discovering is medicine that's built to facilitate this kind of work Mm -hmm. and this type of exploration. So as, you know, available as it may be at some times, like, you know, maybe buying from a source that you don't know, or like, hate to call it out, but like your local smoke shop that might have, yeah. you know, mushrooms, it, it's typically more a bit con- more consumer minded. So it might not have the potency and the energy and that like really nice underbelly of love that I was saying. 
um, that these more mindfully grown medicines do. And I have had that experience where I purchased just like a really beautifully um, crafted bar. Like it was aesthetically very nice. And I noticed when I would microdose, I'd be on like really low dosages, especially because I was ceremonying at the time. But it was almost like the ick automatically came in. Like there was no enjoyment in the microdose. It was like, oh, like we're going to take you down this path. And although there was healing, it wasn't like this is a relationship builder. Mm. And that's when I really became cognizant of how important the source and the energy behind the medicine is. And then adding a layer to that, it's also checking in on your energy and what are you bringing into the space. And that's why I always like to do a clearing um, because really like this is not a medicine for escapism, Mm -hmm. although it can give us the unconditional love that we are all absolutely divinely anointed with and deserving of. um, If you enter into it in a way that is kind of, I I don't really know even the word for it, but like if you enter into it carrying stuff or trying to escape stuff, that most likely will not be the experience that you are given. You will most likely be like, okay, I'm going to give you freedom from this by taking you all the way through it. Yeah. So the energy that comes from the medicine that comes from you is working as part of this process, as part of this experience. So it is definitely something to be hyper aware of, but also not fearful of because it's all here for your healing here for your betterment and growth. So, you know, it's, it's trusting that the medicine is grown in the right way and that everything being shown to you is exactly as it's meant to be. Mm, Thank you for all of that. I I remember my first journey when I was trying to escape and I remember I woke up that day and I was like, I feel so much anxiety today you know, I, I should just, you know, take some mushrooms and have a beautiful Sunday. And it was the worst trip of my life because yeah. I went in with that intention of trying to escape. And I think this is such an important topic because especially people who maybe are just viewing mushrooms at this point as something to potentially help their mental health, you know, help mm-hmm. healing on, you know, maybe more of like a surface level right now, which is okay. What would you say to people who are either anxious to take it in the first place are maybe people who have anxious tendencies which I don't I don't want to generalize and say that you know everyone taking plant medicine in a more spiritual and ceremonial intentional way don't experience anxiety but I do think they tend to have a bigger handle on self-regulation and a little more awareness on maybe when to invite substance in um, yeah, what would you say to that in terms of people struggling with anxiety and depression and moving into plant medicine from that space? Absolutely. So when I first sat for my first psilocybin ceremony, I remember I was terrified. Like I was, <laughs> I, I sat there and even like my facilitator was like, wow, you are, you are scared right now. Like I was so fearful cause I really didn't know what the medicine was going to do when amplified, when it wasn't a microdose, when it was, you know, the full experience of plant medicine. Um, And so the anxiety is by no means an indicator that this is wrong. Mm -hmm. There's actually, I, I sat with a ayahuasca shaman, so different medicine, but he actually spoke to the fact that when you sit with plant medicines, there will always be an element of fear, of anxiety, of nervousness. And that's actually incredibly healthy Mm. because these are big experiences. We're going into the bigness of our emotions, especially on the macro level. That's so So, freeing to hear. Like that's so comforting to just, okay, always might be a little bit anxious or fearful. Yes. And like this man was born into a shamanic lineage, like had been working with this medicine his entire life. So for him to be like, it is totally normal. Like I, when I sit, I still have like moments where fear will arise. And I'm like, wow, like this is part of the human experience. It's part of working with these medicines because it's also you overcoming your fear and trusting the guidance of your soul beyond maybe the narrative of your head. And I would say if you are very anxious and fearful and you are desiring to go into a microdose space, start with someone who can anchor the space for you. Mm -hmm. If you're in the fear dialogue, because at the end of the day, 
if you are having these narratives running through your head that this is going to be a bad trip, things are going to go wrong for me, like something is going to happen, you won't be able to relax and kind of explore what the medicine is showing to you because that fear will still be running, especially on a microdose. The medicine is not going to knock out those dialogues Mm -hmm. most likely because you're not going that deep in. So start with someone who can ground the experience and really hold you. And that can be a trusted friend, someone who's a little bit more um, experienced with working with the medicine or finding a facilitator that will introduce you to the space that way and build your relationship, allow the relationship to develop over time. And when you feel comfortable, move up. And then for entering into ceremony, as I said, the fear is a very natural part of it. But no, the ceremony is your opportunity to face what plagues you every single day. Mm -hmm. So the emotions you go into, the things that come up, are not designed to hurt you. And I think my first experience with plant medicine, I didn't really understand that because I had a very tough first ceremony, um, not with mushrooms, although my first ceremony was very taxing. I went through a lot of big things. Um, But with ayahuasca, where I left and I had this moment of like, did I just get rejected by this medicine? Like, did it not want me to feel good leaving this ceremony? Mm. And I had a lot of that dialogue running of like fear of rejection, needing to be chosen, like kind of this desperate need for validation at the time. And I was kind of seeking the medicine as like a cure-all. And it's like, oh, I'm going to do this journey. It's going to be really tough. And then I'm going to be fixed. And it wasn't that, but I also didn't really understand how the medicine worked. So if you are feeling anxious or, but also are being called to this medicine or you might be wanting to get out of something, trust that it is guiding you there, but also know that this is not meant to be like an easy fix. Mm. It's radical transformation. It's growth in a really rapid amount of time. It's deep healing. It's taking you through the traumas that are ultimately causing these things to surface in real life. But that doesn't mean that everything is fixed and everything is good. It is a practice that you develop. It is um, a ritual that you go back into. It's a healing modality and it will heal you. You can trust that. However, it, it will be something that you build and explore. So totally, if you are called, go in, like go in with anxiety, go in with fear, go in with things that might just be holding you back, but do it in a way that you feel safe and comfortable with. And also know that it's a piece of the work and that it will help you build further, but you have to respect that like it is still a piece of the work that you will ultimately do to bring yourself to a new version of you. So important. What would Mm -hmm. you say, okay, when you're looking at the healing properties of the medicine, what elements of your conscious work, do you have to put forth to invite in that healing and transformation? Like we take the microdose or we go into ceremony and then what are you doing consciously, whether that's post-ceremony or post-microdose to, and I guess this will lead us into integration and and what that is um, and how we move through those practices. But yeah, what does that look like? Because I I think so many people, we, we want something and we just want it to fix us and help us and heal us. But we have to accept the invitation to meet it in the middle and do the work to integrate everything. Yes. So with that being said, I know I was like, you know, it's part of the work, but I also want to clarify that, you know, go into ceremony with the mindset of like, what if this, like, what if this is it? What if I leave this ceremony and like everything that I have been struggling with is gone and everything that I have wanted to leave and all the trauma and all the pain is done. Like this fully is cutting the cord because there is a little bit of like, um, and I was guilty of this when I started in plant medicine, but there is this kind of element of like, when we're comfortable in pain, we almost become ceremony junkies where it's like, Mm. oh yeah, like I want to go back into the trauma. I want to feel that. Like I need to earn that I like got rid of it, which you earn a lot in ceremony. It is a gorgeous experience. You are showing up for yourself in the most profound way, but also like, it doesn't have to be painful. doesn't have to be a trudge, but Mm. like go into ceremony with the mindset of like, this is 
fully healing. And then when you leave ceremony, carry that mentality with you of like, okay, like those were the moments where the big things were cleared. Like think of it as like, that was the surgery. And now it's time for me to do physical therapy. So that's the integration piece. And that's the like, you know, big piece of bringing the work into your day-to-day life where you ultimately see the changes occur. It's not like you pop out of ceremony and you're like, I'm perfect. You will feel a ceremony elation sometimes where it does feel the like so transformative and the radical change, but it's important then to like bring into your mindfulness, like, okay, how do I speak to myself? What are the narratives that I will no longer carry? How can I step in when I hear those narratives? Like what Mm -hmm. tools can I use to quell that shadow side from coming back up, from reestablishing itself. Because think about it, like if you had a surgery done to create more mobility in your shoulder, let's say, and then you never did physical therapy and you never moved your shoulder, you just did the surgery, eventually the shoulder would go back to feeling frozen, feeling stuck, Mm. and you'd have to once again go back and like get the overhaul surgery. So this is our ability of like keeping all of the lessons that we've learned, all of the teachings that came through from the plant medicine, an active part of our life. Because part of the reason we are doing plant medicine is to gain those tools and to be a different version of ourselves. So now post-ceremony, like the tools you use are how do you show up as this new version of you? Mm-hmm. Who is here? Who is present now in this space? Um, and that is all integration. Um, and I love integration. I used to kind of like begrudgingly do my integration (laughs) because I'm like, I just want to feel like post-ceremony all the time, but it's really a time where you get to play as this version of you. You get to play with being the most healed version of yourself and the Mm. most healed version of yourself might require a moment in the shadow. It might require you going back to a space that you'd already visited just to take care of the version of you who experienced that, the version of you that was in pain. Mm-hmm. So really allowing it to reveal itself and also be an experimentation and a play of who you are in this present moment with these healings, with these understandings and what feels good. What integration do you like? Because when I didn't like integration, it was because I was a taskmaster. I was like, integration means you're journaling, you're meditating, you're doing all these things. And putting such tight restrictions on it made it less enjoyable versus now stepping into it being like, wow, I'm so grateful for what I learned. Who do I want to be? What do I want to do? How do I want to express what's coming up? Mm-hmm. And allowing that to be like the sacred practice that I use to work with the medicine daily and to follow up and to be an integrated whole being following these ceremonies. So just like a lot of conversation with yourself and then putting mm-hmm. it into practice in the real world and in your relationships yes. and with yourself. Absolutely. And like giving yourself the grace, giving yourself the ability to try and also holding yourself like divinely accountable because yeah, there are going to be times where, you know, breath work is the integration tool. Like that Mm -hmm. is it. You got to move some energy. Like you have to do your breathing. But what feels a little better is like to go into like a low frequency thing and just watch TV until you don't feel anxious anymore. You don't feel the energy stuck in your body anymore. And so it's being gracious with yourself if you do go into like the old patterning but it's also holding yourself accountable enough to be like Mm -hmm. but I'm choosing a better path for the long term for me and I am choosing to take care of myself even if I experience some resistance resistance is not a no resistance is like ask a few more questions Mm -hmm. so it's really holding yourself in high integrity and then allowing everything else to be in flow Okay. I love that. I have a selfish question because after microdosing, well, actually two parts. Mm-hmm. I've been microdosing for the last five months. I wouldn't say like con- like by the, by the day for five months, yeah. but just kind of been waving in and out. Um, one, is there a time period in which you should stop and take a significant amount of time off? Um, or do you think there are like smaller intervals in between microdosing And then my second question would be when you enter into the shadow work. And for me personally, almost all of it came up in the last couple of months and it hit like pretty hard. And again, I mentioned to you, I wasn't, 
I was microdosing low quantities. So I was shocked at how much was kind of just lifted up from the surface. And I had a moment where I was like, am I in the shadows for too long? Like, should I be out by this point? And am I like really trying to understand when is that, when can you know that that work has been completed and that maybe you're attached to the shadow work itself and you're needing to let go of that and move on. So with the scheduling of microdosing, so typically it's done in one day on three days off Mm -hmm. or something along those lines. However, I do think taking two weeks off on like some sort of regimented interval, maybe it's like once every other month or once every three months, just to kind of allow your body time to integrate, to establish its new baseline Mm -hmm. is really helpful. If you were going into ceremony and you have a microdosing practice, I would suggest stopping that as you prepare for ceremony. You maybe would allow it to enter into the space like once a week, just so that you stay in connection, you work on like, okay, like how do I communicate with this medicine for when I bring myself into fuller ceremony or how, or like just touch base with the medicine on how I feel connected to it, how I feel supported and loved by it for when you go into the shadows during ceremony. But when you enter into a ceremony space, you don't want to have a tolerance that is very high where you're going to have to take more and more and more medicine in just so that you can experience the start of ceremony. Um, Cause that's also a, a way to get yourself on a journey that might be a little bigger than you were expecting, might be a little more medicine. If you don't have kind of a sensitivity and a fine tuning to the medicine entering in. The great thing about working with this medicine is you can build tolerance relatively quickly, but you can mm-hmm. also allow your tolerance to quell relatively quickly Mm -hmm. as well. So I was microdosing prior to my first ceremony and I stopped a month prior with the revisits once a week and it worked beautifully for me. And I had a wonderful ceremony. It wasn't a heroic or shamanic dose by any means, but I was able to go into the full expression just by kind of navigating how I was bringing in psilocybin prior to the ceremony. Um, Also, should I not be saying psilocybin? No, you can. This is the podcast world. You know, podcasts are the one media space where nothing is censored. So you can just chat away. (laughs) I have like said it twice and I'm like, I don't know if I should just say plant medicine or mushrooms, but fantastic. Just wanted to make sure. (laughs) Um, And then for the shadow part. So that's really tricky with um, have I stayed in the shadows for too long? Because Mm. with the medicine, um, when a shadow comes up on microdose, it's typically like we are here. You have to address this. Like it is so present in the field that like, I always say there's no outrunning the medicine. You could take the smallest dose if it needs <laughs> to say something, like it's going to say something. Yeah. Um, like you said, when you would take microdoses and it'd be like your shadows here, <laughs> um, full breakdown in my room at like 4 PM on a Tuesday. <laughs> We have all been there. And like, I think this is kind of what we spoke about earlier with, you know, you, this medicine is something you can't really outrun or hide Mm -hmm. from. And it's not like a cure-all for like, oh, I'm feeling kind of anxious. I don't want to feel it. I'm going to step into the elation and love. Because although at times, maybe you just do need to break through the wall of anxiety and it will assist in that. But like sometimes if the anxiety is being triggered by a shadow that is like, in your field, very present in your life, the medicine's going to take you there. Cause like I said, like it's going to heal you by pulling you through it. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it a neutralized frequency, not a frequency that you've bypassed. So it is a very, I don't like the word confronting cause it sounds negative, but like it allows you to face your shadows yeah. and it brings that to you as a gift where it kind of overpowers your, desire to just feel good or just, you know, get to the love by bringing you through the things that are maybe blocking you from that love, from that connection that you are seeking. Um, But it's hard when you're in that space to be like, well, I'm done now. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, with ourselves, we typically are designed to pull the ripcord, Mm -hmm. where it's like when we go into ceremony, a big reason why a facilitation facilitator is so important is because it allows us to go full 
fully deep. And also it's someone that holds us accountable to like stay in the work. Like I've got you, you're safe. This is tough. Keep going. Cause like, we're going to take you all the way through it versus when I've ceremonied with myself, there are times where I've gone into deep shadow work where I'm like, is it safe for me to still be here? Am I going to be able to get myself out? So I'll do like little checkouts where it's like, can I get myself out? If I had to stop ceremony right now, like, would I be okay? So my advice was, is if you are working with the medicine, allow the shadow to be present for as long as it really wants to be present. Mm -hmm. Typically it will dissipate. If things are going on for hours at end and you're like, I really need respite, connect to the lightness of the medicine, bring yourself into like a well lit room, bring in natural light. So candles, if it's the evening, um, sunlight, if it's the daytime, Put on some music that helps you feel elated. I literally have a playlist on my Spotify that is designed to pull me out of whatever I go into, whether it's on medicine or off, because I'll do like sacred emotional rituals. And just knowing that you can reconnect is very important. But if you are off medicine and you are still in the shadow part or the shadow part is really the like screaming voice in your head. Cause mm-hmm. that has happened to me. I, um, when I first started working with plant medicine, I moved into what is called a dark night of the soul where you kind of break away from an old version of yourself, but you haven't formed into a new version. So you kind of fall into the listlessness of it. And that sounds scary. And it was definitely a difficult period, but what guidance I found during it was Go into the shadow work, check in on it. However, don't let it be the narrative of your life. Mm. My guiding force during that period was, okay, like, what is one word I desperately, or if I could bring one thing into the situation, what is one word I would bring in? And mine was joy. Mm. So what I did during this period where, like, the shadow was really loud was, okay, like, how do I bring an ounce more of joy into this moment. So whether it was like getting my morning coffee, if it was doing my morning practice, which sometimes didn't feel good, Mm -hmm. it was letting joy be the guiding force. And so that is something you can kind of bring with you when you're going through periods of immense shadow, because it's almost setting the tone of like, I will be present with you when you are ready to move, but we are going on a joy trajectory. We are going on a love trajectory. We are going on an expansion trajectory. Like, it's a beautiful way to stay connected and intentional with where you ultimately will be when the shadow is released. So that conscious check-in, the understanding of what is the shadow expressing, where is it holding on, like why is it holding on, and then also the trusting of yourself of like, well, I'm going to end up in joy, in expansion, in love, and that is my focus for the day but I'm also not bypassing anything. So it's a little bit of a two-part answer to that, but really being conscious of both sides and not letting the shadow convince you that this is your new reality and this is how things are and this is life. It is so interesting that you say that when you meant, when you described the dark night of the soul. I'm like, that's exactly what I've been moving through because I, I literally recorded a story on my Instagram when I posted it and I was like, I wasn't able to sleep last night and I woke up in tears, not triggered by a single thing. And I checked in and spirit to share this message. Like you're leaving a part of yourself and you're grieving that, but you're not quite into this new space yet. So you're kind of like, it almost feels like you aren't home a little bit, you know, cause you're like, I'm floating in between these like two versions of self. Um, and so it's it's really like comforting to just hear that you have that experience. And I think when you hear someone else move through something and they can put words to it and put a name to it and emotions to it, you're like, okay, I'm not fucking crazy. Like I have literally been like, is my life going to shit? No, the dark night of the soul, one, no one talks about it. I found like one interview where Reverend Michael Beckwith was like talking about it and he... um said that like, oh, you bring in one word. But other than that, there were no resources. And I was like, I'm going fucking crazy. Like I tried to heal and instead I'm fucking nuts. (laughs) I'm like sad all the time. So I am in there with you. Like 
you ever just need someone to like <laughs> remind you that like this is just a trench but you're getting through it like, like yes I you are <laughs> I have been where you are and it is uh, I can sympathize I have so much compassion for you and I'm also excited for what happens when you come out of it it's gonna be beautiful and expanded and gorgeous oh. but like this period is the work of it and what's so crazy is that I was in Italy all of last year and then in California and then I came back to my hometown in December and I'm going to LA in a couple of weeks and moving back to California so I've been in Ohio my hometown since December so this is like three months which for me is an eternity I, I'm not home here my body does not feel safe here there's everything traumatic is I'm also just in the household where so much happened. And so I go, Ellie, did you seriously start this journey? Like here of all places. <laughs> and I'm like, now you're in your little darkness in your childhood home. <laughs> and for a while I was like, this is so, you know, I must have screwed something up. And the more, of course, I've connected. I'm like, this is the most intentional healing journey I could have ever been put on. And it's, it's so hard I can't even like put it into words um and even I wasn't gonna share this but I'm going to my ex of seven years I like show up to the gym one day and we go to the same gym and I was like Mm. oh perfect so now I'm like healing like these old old wounds and now I'm physically faced with people and to notice just throughout the journey like the initial energetic reaction of seeing him two weeks later it completely dissolved And just being able to like witness that was so, was such an example of how the medicine works because I don't think without the medicine present, I would have even been aware of how strong that shift was. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You are just slaying all (laughs) of these demons. My God. But funny enough, um, I didn't even realize this, but I went Morocco, LA hometown and went through my dark night of the soul in my childhood bedroom as well. (laughs) And the one thing I can say is like, you are healing your inner child and these core level wounds in a very intense, but a very radical container. So yes, (laughs) a million times. Yes. That this was intentional and that you're being guided to where you are. But that X story is also wild. Like I went through my, child at home but I did not have to face my my ex but I mean it's beautiful you were able to reflect and feel that relief yeah it was it was really interesting I was expecting if I ever had run into him to feel something so much deeper than I did um and it was just it was more the nervous system um that I noticed kind of just shot up in this like you know uncomfort and even to watch the moment that your nervous system changes to the way like your intentions change and how you choose the way you make choices and then regulating myself back down. And this is also super vulnerable to share, but I saw him and I went back home obviously. And I saw my mom and our relationship was so secretive for so long. And so to have this, like to even see my mom's face after I came home from just like having this really quick interaction to feel this like old pattern of coming home and being like, I wouldn't tell her something. I would lie to her. It was just this crazy like rerun. And I was like, Oh my God, am I in the apocalypse right now? (laughs) But again, it's been, there's been so many teachings in it. And now, you know, just, I think the love piece, if I can really like come back to that, I think the ways in which the universe has showed me cues and and how something has been healed is forgiveness and gratitude because that wasn't as accessible before and to now show up and see somebody you know my mom my ex whoever and just have gratitude for the experience and just like wow this was such a challenging journey but I learned so much along the way and like I just have love for you is ultimately like of course the place we want to be but you can't even express how good that feels until you arrive there and they they have to give so much appreciation to the medicine for even giving me that opportunity. So, yeah. And like what a medicine experience it was. Cause like you went through all of it, like Mm -hmm. you had to do it and face it and release it. But the other side of it was 
that forgiveness, that compassion, that, yeah, I mean, it takes a long time for certain wounds, for certain healings to get to a point where you can even bring forth forgiveness and compassion. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes your energetic field is just not ready. Mm -hmm. Like it is holding, the pain is still present and processed. And, you know, it's not something that can be rushed. Like you can do tools to expedite the movement, but it is something that you have to reach through practice and then get to that release point. So even being guided in such an external way, like Mm -hmm. back to your home, through an ex, to your mom, which are all these like massive players in developmental parts of your life. Mm -hmm. Like now it's, you were gifted that ability to like relive and go through it. Even if in the moments it was like (laughs) your nervous system was firing and like you didn't want to do it. Like you would never choose all of those things until you got to the point where that other side was revealed where you got that forgiveness, you got that compassion and that kind of gift to yourself and to others. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm excited to talk to you in a month. <laughs> You're like, so this I is where I'm so excited now. to see where you end up in a month. Like, I feel like it's just radical, quick expansion for you. So yeah. Yeah. In a month, it's going to be wild. It's going to be like <laughs> five years. I know. Um, but Will you still be home in a month or where do you think you'll be? No, I'm going to LA. I'm moving to LA in, in two and a half weeks. So oh, that's that. <laughs> yeah. How exciting. Yeah. Will you just, I know we, we could go through so many things, but just to kind of wrap it up to someone who's feeling called to the medicine, but it isn't quite like apparent that there's a source they feel called to or... Um, yeah, things just aren't completely in alignment. Will you speak a little bit to that calling and and trusting that that calling will come? And then can you also speak to, um, if you've recently gone through something emotionally charged, is it a good time to invite the medicine in or do you recommend waiting, et cetera? Yes. So I, this medicine is for everyone. However, it reveals itself to each of us at different times when we are meant to step into the space. And that is something that can be very hard, especially when you know in your soul you are craving these deep healings and you are craving this medicine to kind of have to hurry up and wait, to feel that calling, to feel that connection, and to not have your source figured out just yet, or maybe have some reservations, like that is all normal and part of the process. And I also understand and hold that frustration if like it's not showing up the way you are ultimately desiring it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can promise that th- when the medicine calls, it is coming to you. And also like if medicine doesn't call to you, that's completely fine. You yeah. are still able to be fully healed, fully integrated, all the beautiful things. It's just the path that you are taking in this life. So although there, I believe there are benefits of everyone working in this space, if there's something in you that you're like, in, it seems cool, it seems healing in my gut, I know this is a no, mm-hmm. trust that. But if it's a yes, just allow yourself to be a little more open to inviting it in. So there's this interesting line that we walk with the universe, which is funny because you and I were speaking about this right before we jumped onto this podcast of, you know, there's, we're asked to surrender deeply, but then we're also asked to advocate to, for ourselves in a profound way. So what is the line or where is the knowing in that practice? And I think that opening yourself up and maybe reaching out to someone just to ask questions or, to connect and learn about an experience and just to see what would happen or what would become, or even just like stating your intention and not holding a want behind it or like, I've got to get this to happen. I have to make sure that this is, this occurs, but just stating like, wow, I would really love to work with this medicine. You never know what that might lead to or Mm -hmm. expand to, but if you're listening to this, like you are already on the path and in the right place. Um, So just trust that it's coming and begin opening yourself up to how it wants to come through in a way that is in integrity for you. And this is 
coming from a person who this is one of the biggest things that I have ever worked on. I literally had an Akashic Records reader say to me, um, you want people to love and accept you so badly you come off as deeply desperate. Mm. And I was like ripped open on this call, but I also was like, it's true. (laughs) true. Like I couldn't lie. But like with knowing that that is an energy that I face, that Mm. bit of desperation that might come up because I have healed a ton of it. But when I hit something that is stressful, when you mentioned that nervous system trigger, mm-hmm. it I in full transparency, of course, there are times where it's like, well, I just want to be accepted and like I'll feel good if this occurs. And like it's a low frequency dialogue, but something that does come up in highly stressful situations, that kind of longing, that desperation. So what I do when I start to feel a soul calling that is taking more time or I'm unsure about is to sit with it and ask what moves do I make in integrity? Mm. Like I am aware of this desperation energy. I know it is trying to keep me safe and protected and loved, but it's misguided in that. So how can I move forward with this in the surrender, not allowing the desperation to play a role, but also in integrity for, you know, I get to have what I want. Mm -hmm. So that is the practice I would say to bring in to exploring this world and entering this world and just watch it unfold because it is magic. Like how I came into the world was just serendipity after serendipity after serendipity. And then it hit a point where I had to start asking Mm -hmm. and walk that line of, integrity versus maybe like egoic desire and it blossomed for me and like the first time I was wanting to facilitate plant medicine like I was not ready to step into the facilitation zone so I actually had to go through more rounds of working with the medicine on healing myself so you know it might not be the timeline you want but just keep following that spark and everything will kind of open itself And then when it comes to coming to medicine with trauma, so as I said, this medicine is, can, it will bring us through our traumas, our pains, our stuck and blocked emotions in a beautiful way. Um, but it is not a magic bullet to like, I'm cured. Mm -hmm. So I would say that you can absolutely bring in plant medicine when you feel called with a trauma. However, I would suggest a container model. So a container model is essentially you start working with a facilitator outside of the plant medicine space um, and you work with them for probably about three weeks minimally. Like you can do typical containers are one to three months. Some are six, some are one year. It really depends. And these are great for anybody. It's not just deep trauma, but I would say if you have that desire to step into plant medicine and have experienced a trauma that might still be in the processing and integration period, mm-hmm. start with the container, work for like three weeks with someone that you are developing a relationship with who is working with you on everything that is coming up, and then go maybe into a plant medicine ceremony with that facilitator from there. So hit the three make mark, do the con- do the ceremony, and then have at least one week or maybe two to an additional three weeks of deep integration of the ceremony. So basically, like, leave yourself as supported as possible Mm -hmm. and begin the healing prior to stepping into ceremony. I, my very first ceremony, I was like, you know, spiritual light. And then I jumped in being like, this is going to fix it. Like all of this stuff I'm saying I have done. Yeah. So it's not a judgmental comment. It is like learn from my, you know, very clunky introduction to the space. Um, but I wasn't holding myself prior to the ceremony and I didn't know what to do after. And the ceremony I did was very traditional where like you go, you sit with this very renowned shaman who's been doing this for a while and then you leave and like it is your job to prep and integrate through finding your own coach, through doing it yourself, whatever resonates with you for the journey that you had. But if you are in it right now, like always, always, always make sure that you are supported both prior and post ceremony. And also like find someone that if you are interested in exploring and let's say you do the prep work and you're like, you know what? I, I'm not ready. 
that they're going to be a safe and open vessel to be like, yeah, that's fine. We don't have to bring that in. And so really just allow it to once again, reveal itself, but also make sure that you are supported. You are safe. You are secure. Every part of you is being caretaken for, and that you have Mm -hmm. a facilitator that you trust and feel comfortable with both in the uh, facilitation space and then also outside of that. Oh, beautiful wisdom and direction. Thank you so much. Okay. Plug time because you are a plant medicine facilitator and chef apparently (laughs) and I don't know if you I didn't send you a picture I made the matcha olive oil cake and it crumbled and I won't be making another cake so (laughs) um but yeah let us know what you're offering right now and if people want to work with you how they can do that absolutely so I have two folds of offerings um I am a quantum transformational coach and a plant medicine facilitator. So the work that is quantum transformational work um, actually was derived from what I saw in ayahuasca. So everything is technically plant medicine work with me. It is all facilitation of medicine, just in different forms. Um, So what I offer um, are in the plant medicine space, um, tea ceremonies that are designed to introduce you to working with plant medicine. They are designed to incorporate all your senses, to bring you into presence, to bring intentionality into your practice with medicine, and also allow you to establish the relationship of how do I communicate with this medicine? Like, how do I feel safe and secure with this medicine? Um, And then from there, I also offer larger scale offerings of full deep dives and full containers in which we can explore the medicine. So my containers are very much like what I just mentioned, where you get support prior and then support after, um, and they are one to three months as well. Um, I also, with the transformational coaching, offer that without any plant medicine facilitation or leave it open for exploration if that's something you desire to call in. Um, but on the chef side of things, which is what you just mentioned. So with my tea ceremonies, I make confections with plant medicine. Like I think that mushroom medicine is the most gorgeous, beautiful medicine in the world. And like, I feel so honored to get to work with it. And I wanted and was called to really make it something that can be a full experience, can be delightful, is a bit larger than just a single square of chocolate or, you know, a like one raw, you know, mushroom capsule. Although both are beautiful, I really wanted to make it a little bit of a celebration. So I offer microdose confections and I also curate confections with individuals because I want it to be a unique experience to each person based on their relationship, based on what they're called to do. But I create confections like matcha olive oil tea cakes and, you know, I have made raw vegan cheesecakes with the medicine. Mm. And so those are all available. They are high quality, clean ingredients, um, all using superfoods and really designed to connect you to the medicine, boost the kind of expression of the medicine. So I use a lot of citrus since that does help kind of enhance what's happening in the mushroom space. And then also like fuel your body and make you physically feel great as you explore and work with this medicine. Amazing. Can people, how can they reach out to you? Do you have a website or just email and can people do like custom orders Yes. Okay. So I have a link tree, which I can provide Perfect. to you to Perfect. pass around everyone, um, where you can book a call with me. We can hop on an introductory call just to explore. Like if you have questions, like if you just want to talk for 30 minutes about plant <laughs> medicine, like book a call, let's chat. Um, and that's where we kind of run through. If you want to create a custom order, if you want to just, you know, see what is on the menu and like what you could potentially, you know, purchase like that is all available there I like to do it on a call just so I can tap into people's energy and really understand where they are um you can also find my like uh pdfs of offerings on this link tree um as well as connect to me via tiktok which is where I post the most about like what I'm doing uh in the quantum transformational field and in the plant medicine field as well so 
go to the link tree. It'll all be there. And I am always open for connection of any kind. Like I truly think that this is like a pinch me moment that I get to work (laughs) with this medicine and that this has been what I'm so deeply called to do. Um, so yeah, like I'm just, I'm here for all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I feel like we all just received a huge gift from you today because you can just feel the passion and love behind it and just so much like honesty and truth about it. And I just think it's important as people get more interested in the space to, to hear the full truth. And so thank you so much. I'm so appreciative. Thank you for having me. This has been a joy. And I'm so excited that this information is being, you know, put out there and like so grateful for you to be kind of like a channel of this work and be such an advocate for it. Um, What you're doing is really beautiful and profound and so needed right now. Thank you. Thank you. know there are so many podcasts out there so thank you for spending your valuable time with me today it means so much if you loved this episode please leave a five-star review on apple or spotify it helps support the podcast and me so much and be sure to come back every single monday for a new episode sending you all of my love